you're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chewy55, Carlos Fonseca, and Brian Reeves. Hey. How you doing? Pretty good. It's been uh, first week of dirt, so uh, there's a lot to talk about. Lots to talk about. Let's jump right into it. We'll start with uh, NIS, though. Uh, NASCAR iRacing Series uh, visited uh, Martinsville. And I would say, as a team, we had a pretty good week. Uh, I guess I'll start out with my results. Uh, fixed, top split, uh, the, the first day I got a 12th, and uh, boy, I was really happy with that, uh, considering it was top split. Uh, I ended up getting a lucky dog at one point that really saved my race. Um, you know, I would have been down a lap or more, and that really got me in a spot where I could get that 12th. So it was kind of a luck thing, but I also drove well, I think. Uh, Brian, you were in that uh, race, but a different split, and uh, you won, actually. Yeah, that was my first win in the A car. I was real happy about that. Well, congratulations. Uh, now, my race ended a little early, and I jumped in and watched the end of your race. I think it was that final restart, and it was just you and one other car in the lead lap, right? Yep, came down to me and one other guy. We'd been battling it out for the last, like, 30, 40 laps or so, and it was just basically me and him with like 25, 30 to go, and just tried to hug the inside, make him go wide, and ended up eking out a win. Yeah, you drove well those last few laps, uh, you know, keeping the track position you had, you know, you were the leader on the restart, and you were able to keep it, and uh, good job, I mean, that's, uh, these, these races are not easy to win you know and for you to get your first win at nis and it's your first win for the a car that's uh you know very impressive yeah i just tried to play the strategy keep the car clean you know for the first 200 laps and then you know with about 75 or so to go kind of make some track position take two tires work up there and then just try to work up to the front there and get racy with 50 to go so i guess the obvious question is and we haven't talked about this, but how did it get to where there were only two cars on the lead lap? That's what I'm wondering. We had a couple of good, you know, 30, 40 lap green flag runs, and a bunch of people ended up going some laps down. There was a couple of instances that took some guys out where they had to do some repairs. Um, there was, you know, five or six guys there on the lead lap for most of the race, and I think there at the end they got taken out. Oh, good. Good job. Congratulations on that. That was fun to watch you win that. Uh, the next day, or later, I did open and got fourth, which I was very happy with uh, at Martinsville. To, I'm usually a restrictor plate guy, and that's where I usually run well. So to win, to get a top five at Martinsville is just like a win for me. It was just huge. Uh, I actually took a wave around on that one, and it worked out. I was able to get a caution... I don't know, 20 or so later, you know, before I got lapped again and and stay on the lead lap. And that really, you know, helped me solidify getting in the top five. I ran uh, with Jose uh, Pabon, my teammate in that race. Jose finished right behind me in sixth. And he had a great run, too. And we came up through there together. We were at the back together, I don't know, maybe with 100 to go or something. And we worked our way up through there. And um, good job, Jose. Uh, talking about Jose, he had a good week overall, too. He shows uh, ninth in the fixed and sixth in the open. So two top tens for him. Uh, he was uh, he had a good run uh, Sunday night, too, I heard. Carlos, uh, you got ninth in the open. Pretty good. Top ten. Was that uh, top split? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I somehow looked into that ninth place, though. I mean, the car wasn't bad or anything. Little shenanigans that went on between me and some other guy. I don't oh, know. yeah. I remember you talking about that, I think. And 
don't know, everyone, I, I mean, everybody in that server was pissed off at this guy. I mean, I'm, you know Lance Gomez, the one year, he just bulldozed his way through. Yep. Same exact thing. And of course, I happen to be one of the ones that get knocked sideways. And just saying, um, just by playing it safe, I ended up getting lapped, getting a lucky dog right away, so that just saved my race, but... Just say after all those shenanigans, I was able to avoid all the carnage and still somehow get out of ninth place out of that. And that was because I uh, got, ended up getting damaged in one of the wrecks. You know, it's one of those instances where if you're on the inside, you think you're safe, but everyone spins down the track. Right. Especially on a restart going into one, because that's what happened. And going back to that one guy, it's, it happened again later in the race. I ended up getting punted and... Had enough of it this time, so I pinched him down to the curb, left just enough room, and then shoves me, you know, again. And at this point, I was furious, so I just ran him, you know, scraped along the side of the his car down the front stretch or back stretch, actually. And he went for me, tried to take me out. So I don't know. There's let's just say Martinsville brings out the worst in everybody. Yeah, I'll take sounds nine. like it. Yeah, good finish. Uh. Other teammates, uh, Brad Miller, he got 8th in open, 12th in fix, so good runs for him. I think he got the most points of everybody. Because he was a top split. Yeah, he's, a his I rating is getting up. Yeah, that was the high SOF, too. I had to have it. Yeah, so good run for him, top 10 there. And then uh, Matt Bowley. Is back, boys. He got a win in on Sunday in the Open, and then seventh uh, in fixed. So that's the second win for the team this week. Uh, good job, Matt. Uh, Tyler Conroy finished nineteenth in fixed. Uh, he's been having computer problems. He can't seem to load a setup. Uh, he's having problems with that. I've been trying to help him. So what do you think, Martinsville? Uh, it was a good. It was a good finish for the team overall. I think you know everybody had, almost everybody had a top ten. Yeah, it was. I had a lot of fun there. I would have pulled out another win. Um, I only ran two ra races, one in the fixed and one in the open, and I got DQ'd out of the open. But I was in first when it happened, and still came in twelfth with forty laps left. So. Well, that tells you how crazy it is, huh? Yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. That race was nuts. The guy who took me out DQ'd as well. He ended up taking the the leader out three different times. I, me twice and one other person. It seems like I mean you really got to finesse around there. And there's just one guy who's just a little bit aggressive, or you know, and he just plows his way through, like Carlos says. You know, I don't know when one of our team rivals starts agreeing with you. You know something's wrong. Yeah. I don't think I, I noticed anybody in my races that was like that, but we certainly had our, our uh, carnage. I noticed, you know, I could run still fairly well with damage. Like, I got caught up into a couple things in my races, but still was able to to carry on and carry speed. It's oh, yeah. I had, a, I had oh. a minute and a half damage on the front end when I with the win. And, I mean, the oil temp was getting hot. I mean, it was in the red. I was, like... I think whatever, like one degree over where the it flashes red at you. Right. I know Brad had damage on one one of them, and it seems to uh, most of the time affect the splitter because you're struggling. Uh, at least he was many damage the front end, struggling to get to the middle of the corner. But besides that, the car was fine. Right. At least it's there instead of you know Texas. We actually have some news on the on the damage model coming up later in the show. So, uh, is it about dirt? Cause I have complaints about that. No, but, uh, parts coming off the car, like the hood flies off. Oh yeah. All right. Uh, next up, uh, as far as Martinsville, uh, John hammer and those guys over at the NASCAR iRacing series, Facebook page, uh, put up their normal stat sheet on Martinsville and, uh, fixed 792 racers with 29 different winners. 
Open was 467 racers, 19 winners. So it seems like that participation number, well, it's up and down, but maybe going down, you know, gradually since Daytona. I don't know. It went down the first race and then went back up the second race of the, you know, this week. From what right. I could see, some of the races and more participation, some medley. Most wins, uh, two, uh, two in the week. Uh, those four people are Casey Kerwin, Scott McCann, John Signore, Adam Sampson. Most laps completed, Jake Goodwin. Uh, 1,177 in fixed and open Vic Greenwood, 975. Apparently some people like this track. Well, that's like almost every start, you know. I used to be do most of the starts. I'm, I don't anymore because of my work schedule, but some people are available to do it, so... All right, so let's talk next week real quick. Uh, what do you think, uh, Texas? Everyone's starting fresh for open. Oh, because none say. of the sets, none of the sets work. Not even close. They're destroyed. They're throw them as well. Delete them. Except for Martinsville, I got one of those to work. It's just something to do. It throws the right heights out. It throws uh, us weight all over the place. The preload gets messed up. Springs and cambers are all wrong. Everything's just a mess. That's cool. It'll be cool to start after pretty much most people starting with the new uh, sets. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see which teams can step up and get a set that works, you know, and which teams struggle. Yeah, I got something decent for Texas, but a little terrifying on the front. You know, the front stretch. There'll be yep. some work there. All right, I'll pick up the next story. Uh, Steve Reese, my new favorite iRacing employee, who's the uh, ex-Pinsky racing engineer who's joined the team, uh, he asked for feedback on the ACAR in the NIS series in race conditions you know, relative to how it was before the uh, updates. Uh, from what I can see, we haven't given him a lot of uh, good feedback, though, but I like the fact that he's asking for it. And he's, you know, hey, tell me how the car feels. What do you, what's wrong? You know, what can we do? And I just thought that was interesting. Now, I don't have the link, but there was another thread where he did the same thing with the dirt cars, and he got some of those dirt drivers talking about it. And they were providing really good feedback, like on the setup stuff of a dirt car. They're saying, oh, well, this setting usually is at between this range, you know, from this number to this number, not where you have it. And he was instantly making adjustments based on what they said, you know, and he's saying, oh, you need to start, you know, the pressures at this number instead of that number and um, all kinds of setup tweaks and stuff. And Steve Reese was very accommodating. I mean, he was he was literally doing what these guys were telling him to do because these were real dirt car racers that actually know what they're talking about. And um, and he was taking their feedback uh, wholeheartedly. I thought it was really cool. Okay, Brian, what's next? From Carlos and the guys at the iRacing Series uh, Facebook page. That was just a few days ago, but it was kind of late for the week, wasn't it? Yes. Actually, they did a really good job. It was only one day later. I think we got out just in time before the Saturday afternoon or morning. I don't remember. Right. One of those two times they got it out and, you know, they'll put together a video. Yeah, very well polished. and I love those videos. Thank you guys for doing this. Yeah, certainly helpful. 
Yeah. And you get, you're working on taxes, right? You got taxes coming up. Yeah, it's pretty much done from my point of view out there. I still got a few of them, a little more for them guys. I just, I'm trying, you know, going back to my old ways to get people more of a, let's just say, reachable lap time for the average Joe. Is these guys are just. That's a good point, you know, when you have the video up and you're trying to match what they're doing and you're not even close, it's kind of discouraging. The differences between my videos and theirs is mine are strictly just the laugh. These guys also throw in strategy, which is huge, you know, huge help for people who are just jumping into a race. So that's, I think, the best, you know, thing about this. Yep. All right, next up, uh, we're going to start talking, guess what? Dirt, people. Dirt is here. And we've all had a chance to do it. I actually, so I'll start off with some of my experiences, and we'll talk about you guys, uh, what you think. Um, I have not bought any content. I've decided to stay with the street stock and the truck until I'm, quote, up to speed, okay? And then I'll think about buying a car, but... Uh, I've been practicing and at first it was just like, whoa, I'm really slow in the corners, just trying to tiptoe through there and tried the top, the bottom, the middle, and I don't know how many times I've put it in the wall. But I think I finally am getting the, the hang of it. I ended up running two official races. Um, the, my first official race on dirt, uh, Tyler Hudson and Chase Briscoe were in the race. And... Uh, of course, Chase Briscoe won, and um, I qualified dead last, even though I had a fairly decent lap uh, for myself at the time. I uh, did not wreck, though. I was kind of happy with that result because it didn't seem like I could get through practice without wrecking, but I did finish 30 lap rates without wrecking. So I was impressed with that, but lost, I think, 86 I rating uh, in that race. Uh, the second time I tried it, uh, I think I also lost about 80 or 90 I rating as well. I uh, ended up wrecking in that one, actually. Um, there was a reset, which is kind of nice um, in those official races. But uh, it seems like every day of the week, you know, I've run, I get faster. I think last night I was down to, uh, oh, what was it? 25.6 or something, maybe like three or four tenths off of the you know, off of the, uh, where those other guys are running, you know, at, 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 when they're up to speed. So I'm still off a little bit, but I'm way better than I was the first day. So what do you guys think? How was your runs and what car do you like? All of them? Kind of. Yeah, know. they're all fun. I don't know, I've been doing the pro late model. Right. Did good in some and did terrible in others. That all comes with uh, track conditions, I guess. Changes every freaking lap. I found it easier when the track's fresh. Oh, no. When it's like completely new, you're actually slower. Well, actually, in the pro-lay model, you are at least. That old door I've gotten, you know, completely, you know, fresh track. No, you know, not, no usage whatsoever. And it's, I don't know, it's not that it's slippery, it's a, just weird and slower, but get like 20% track usage, and that's when it's its fastest. But that's cool how it changes. Uh, it's amazing how, it, how different it is from the beginning to the end of a race. Yeah, I, I've played with all of them, and I did a super late model dirt race and got a top five out of it but it was just one of those slinging mud for fun ones and there was a lot of carnage you definitely had to you know play some bumper cars and get out of the way and it was a lot of fun though it's definitely definitely fun you definitely get into a groove after a little bit it's definitely fun i have a problem with the what i call the hospital wobble <laughs> down the back stretch on a, or on any straightaway if you get that car sideways just a little bit, I'm zigzagging from one side to the other just trying to catch the damn thing. 
Oh, it's worse than the late models. Trust me. You think it's bad on the street style late models? Just they don't like going straight. It, it's like you got to cock the wheel to to the right just a little bit when you're going straight, Can't just so it doesn't do that. Yeah, you go too much and it wants to go into the wall. But yeah, that's the more difficult was the late models just because of the way they're designed. Yeah, that, the late models feel like they almost want to crab walk on you. Yeah. Yeah, and then oh. in the corners, it's like uh, if you get too close to the wall, it like sucks you in kind of thing. Oh, late model, yeah, if you touch it, it <laughs> sticks out so much, you just slam yourself into it. I can tell you this, though, we, I did this late model race and got beat around by, you know, every piece of the car was damaged and still only got 4x out of that race. So what do you think of the damage model changes for dirt? I mean, are, did they get it right? or or the incident heal? Yeah. yeah. It's all right. It could be better. I'm not going to complain. It's not like I lost my A license or anything. I think it's working perfectly fine. I was able to run some dirt and actually not really lose a lot of SR, even though there was definitely contact. And the contact only usually counts for 2x if you hit hard enough and... This race I did, I was really, we were all hitting each other. And it wasn't light contact, 4X quality contact. Didn't even get a, I don't even think I got a 2X out of most of them. It feels to me like the damage model is a little too forgiving here in dirt. I mean, you get nailed and it's like nothing happened. You can just keep on going, you know? Actually about that, if you, let's just say talk about the sim pit, you know, trying goal, but. I think Andrew Fayash is part of that now. He put a video up about it and had the same little, I guess, topics about the damage model being too forgiving. But he also said there's sometimes where it's not forgiving enough because there's one moment I know what he's talking about. I touch the wall and I mean barely tap it. You know, say a zero X on the regular asphalt side and destroy the right front car was done. Had to quit. Yeah, they give you a meatball or something. No, it wasn't even a meatball. It was just been in and it wouldn't fix and it just wouldn't be worth it. Yeah. And that was light, very light contact, but then I uh, do the next race and I hit the wall hard and nothing happens to the car except for, you know, body damage. You don't think it'll do much, but it does affect the arrow on the late models at least. You're not able to be a sideways through the corner because it just spins. All right, so let's talk uh, dirt sprint wing, uh, wing sprint. Which one of the three do you like? I haven't played with them all enough yet. I've played with the 410. Um, I need to get in the lower rating ones and play around with those. The 410's really fun, but it's super twitchy. Um, it's really difficult, but after about five or six laps, you can kind of figure it out. But it's, it's very difficult. Not a lot di more different than the rest of them. I don't know if I myself you can flat foot it almost every single track. I think that's almost. what Brad Brad was telling me about his experience. He he said the next one down was at the three fifty. Three sixty, yeah, that one he said he could do flat and it was just a you know, because you could hold it flat, it's just a matter of getting your steering inputs right, you know. Yep. Well you can do that. You can still do a flat in the four ten on the track yeah i don't think i think he was saying that he he couldn't do the flat when others could uh just probably based on experience uh, so far but he was able to do it in that lower horsepower car though the only time uh well, i was watching matt do it you know one of the unofficial ones but the track was already you know terrible condition to start with it was mostly there's like only two lines and the two lines overlap with the slippery part of the track. So you would have them grip, you know, full throttle. And then I don't know where to snap on you if you weren't ready for it. It's just one of those kind of cars. You got to pick the right line. You got to be smooth. And like, like Brian said, it's real twitchy. Screw up. I think my challenge is when I've jumped into a practice where the track is real worn out, it's hard. I mean, it's hard just to get in there and get up to speed. Oh, I yeah. find it much easier to start on a fresher track and gradually, you know, you can get used to it. But when you jump into one 
that's already been all used up, it, it's tough. Um, you know, you can't really use any other used track. You gotta look for an unused section. It does get really hard late in the run. Is it because there's nowhere? Yeah, you know, the groove widens out so much. It's every part of the track slip. Right. And uh, what about the the truck? Did you run the truck at all? Truck. I tried it briefly and really couldn't get it around the track, to, to be honest. So I kind of gave up and went back to the street stock. Yeah, I don't know if they added the 6-to-1 steering in the trucks. But you pretty, pretty much got to use that. Just because it's, you know, big old NASCAR truck. The well, what's steering. it set at now? 12-to-1? I think it's 8-to-1 default. For oh. dirt. I which love is, the truck. Which is actually quite twitchy. And have to be able to counter in the corner. Not to mention, it's nothing but wheel spin. Well, I just felt like it had too much horsepower for what I, for what you're doing, but not more than that's the horsepower. It's just the lack of grip on the fact we got all that side for it. How heavy it is, yeah. Yep. Okay, Brian, what's next? Uh, stuff off Twitter. Stuff off Twitter. We have a time lapse of the dirt surface changing um, over a course of a race at Volusia Speedway. Yeah, pretty interesting video. You can watch the the groove come in, or the slick part anyway, as he you know, runs through this time lapse video. Pretty kind of telling of how this track condition thing works. I guarantee it was like only 10 minutes into the race and I started to do it. It's actually really quick and I, I don't know, some people say it's too, but it's awesome. Wish we had this in asphalt. Yeah, pretty cool video somebody put together. You knew that was coming, so somebody did it. What else was there? We have a post... Um, it says, blown away by how close to real they are to drive. Let me get the post open here. Yeah, Kyle Larson. That's Kyle Larson. Sprint, Monster Spring Cup winner, recent winner. Yeah, he posted this up when? Yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday. He got to spend a few hours racing and uh, took to Twitter to basically tell us, uh, boy, it... You know, these are really close to the real thing. He says the coolest part, I think, about the way is how the track surface changes. I'm absolutely blown away. iRacing did a great job. Yep. I think we've all agreed with that. Um, I haven't heard anybody really say, hey, this isn't right. This, this is crap. There's none of that. I mean, not even one person I've heard be a detractor here. Yeah, there was a couple on the front, but don't pay attention. Was there? What what were they saying? Well, it's like it's like one percent of the people well, their opinion doesn't matter. I don't know. It's just certain minor complaints about something. I don't remember what. But those little people that say they were saying, Well, they should have got, you know, real dirt drivers. <laughs> they did. That's the funny thing, they did get real dirt drivers uh, give input. But you know, one of them, you know, Picky people. Right. All right, next up, uh, how do you guys think the release went as far as, you know, stability of the website and the servers? You know, it was probably one of the most calmest releases we've had in recent memory. I mean, there wasn't really downtime. Uh, there was one hiccup where uh, there was an issue with some people launching sessions or couldn't get in their session, but from what I saw on the forums and stuff, everything went fairly well. What do you think? I had some issues with loading into the test session when they were doing the update. Oh, the test drive? Yeah, for some reason, it wouldn't load any of my purchase stuff that I had purchased and loaded the day before. And then, of course, you know, I came home on my lunch break, and of course, as soon as I get in the car and head back, the website comes back up. 
So you came home for lunch just to run dirt a few laps before you had to go back to work. Yep, and couldn't get any of the purchase stuff to load and got frustrated. It wouldn't even let me load into the test session. It was giving me errors telling me the it wouldn't load into the account. And then I finally got it to load in and it wouldn't load any of the purchase stuff. I think, you know, iRacing did a great job in keeping everything up and running. Uh, I mean, there were a few, like you said, there were a couple hiccups, but overall, you know, just even compared to the last build, you know, it went much smoother. And that first day of dirt, um, somebody was talking about the record. Like, you could see at the bottom of the website, right, how many racers are online kind of thing. And um, somebody was posting that they got a little over 7,300 or something they saw as the number. And then Steve Myers posted up in the forums in reply to that. The number is actually higher than that. Uh, long story, but that number only reflects the environment you are on. I have not seen the current number, but we did get over 10,000 iRacers an hour or so ago, and we expect it to go higher on later tonight. We are definitely at record levels for connected users. So that was the 29th, uh, the day, first day of the rollout. And uh, what do you think? 10,000 people online at once doing iRacing. Uh, that's a new world record. Awesome. Yeah, that's a lot of people. You kind of had to expect that, you know, the first day of, of you know, dirt. We had a lot of new people coming on to iRacing just for dirt. I'm sure there were other people that were coming back to iRacing that maybe had gone away because of dirt. And so you kind of expected, uh, I kind of expected the servers to go down, to, I'll be honest, you know, to tell you the truth. That didn't happen, but uh, boy, they did get 10,000. 10, That's pretty awesome. Okay, Brian, what's next? Next, we have a post in the forums about the Carb Cup setup. Um, it says, Carb Cup setup at Daytona is complete trash after the recent update. Well, aren't just all of them? <laughs> yeah. Well, just wondering if anybody had heard anything from the staff or wondering if they're going to fix it before the week's over. Um, just, just a random question there, and somebody posted saying that they had switched the setup to the Talladega setup because it appeared to be better, and they'll get a new one done for Daytona. That was from Steve Myers. Yeah, and we were talking about the Texas set this week. Uh, Carlos, you're saying we have to start over. We can't use any of our old stuff. You probably could if you figure out how to get them to work. But there are what fail in tech? No, well, yeah, they fail tech right away. But you use things that it's promising as you're leaving the pits. But once you get to a quarter, go straight to the wall. Okay. So start with the fix set and adjust. Yeah. What I noticed though is the difference between the left and right nights are way different than what it's like double, you know, have on the left is I've doubled on the right in terms of right height. I don't know what that might be some of the issues I'm having, but that's what I noticed on the fix sets. So there's one huge difference from there, you know, last season. I think right. something to do with, uh, I don't know, spring rates, I think, on the sides. Can't use the exact same things you used to. Right. Or something like that. Well, I wish we could get this community organized on the NIS side in a way that we could communicate back to iRacing every all these little things that we're finding about the car just so they can you know make it better you know it seems to be happening on the dirt side but we're not getting it done on the nascar side but uh speaking of that um next story was greg netherwood uh wrote up in um the forums uh i'm gonna read what he wrote here he's a street stock racer in real life and um he basically says here, you know, outside of the fact my real life car had the right front limited, it's spot on. iRacing nailed it. Went to Volusia, which is shaped about as close to my real life track as you can get, which is Canugia. Canudia. I don't know how to say that. I put in my real life setup with one change at the right rear. 
I keep at 14 pounds, but this one can only go to 15. This is before I even turned a lap. Loaded in and immediately was able to drive the car exactly how I do in real life. Same braking and throttle maneuvers. Car handled exactly as I expected it to, and it was fast, if not faster, than the others in the session. I ended up P2 on the speed chart, the speed charts. So to me, the street stock is mint. It's not an easy car to drive, and dirt isn't an easy surface to drive. If you were expecting to just jump in and go fast and turn left, you're way off base. Takes me back to the whole thing when he was talking about it in the Simpit video. Was he found himself doing real life habits that he does in a car similar to a street stop? Yeah, he's a dirt racer for real, right? Yeah, he drove, yeah, some lower class like that for real. He found himself taking the, you know, going to one hand, you know, in the corner because he was something he got used to doing in real life. I guess that's how close it was. I, I just find it amazing that right out of the box, iRacing is really getting the, these cars and tracks spot on. I mean, even according to people that should know, you know, and um, that's just amazing to hear. All right, Brian, what's up next? Next is a post in the forums. Um, it says, basically, in real life, the late model guys are oftentimes, perhaps not always, trying to max out the left rear deck height, um, which is how we found out our cars to drive the best. If you want to take out fuel, you'll have to lower the back of the car to get the deck height back below the max of the tolerance at 39 inches. Lower the back, you'll want to increase the left rear and right rear spring perch offsets. Click the arrow to the right on both the rear spring perches. Guys will set fuel load based on the race lanes in real life. Yeah. This, I thought this was a great tip because somebody was asking, hey, what if we drop the fuel out of these things? Um, you know, what can we get, a, you know, can we go faster and that kind of thing? So. It looks like you can, but you got to make setup changes to go with it. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, you can't just take the fuel out of it and expect it to handle the same. I was kind of thinking it would handle better with fuel in it. Yeah, you kind of want that weight to get the thing to rotate. Right, get that weight in the back of the car, right, so it'll swing around. All right, uh, next up, a guy has been buried in the dirt at Eldora, <laughs> and somebody posted up on the forums uh, a thread. He said he was rummaging through the crowd at Eldora and came across this, and he posted a picture of it, and you click it and get a blow-up. Uh, it's kind of in the infield, you know, where there's people standing around watching the race, and this guy's laying on his side and basically half buried, uh, only got one leg up out of the dirt and one arm. His head is buried under the dirt, too. So uh, I guess rest in peace. Thought that was uh, interesting. I think they were looking for Dale Jr. You know how they put Dale Jr. on every track? Yeah. Probably one of I don't think anybody's found him yet, though, that I've seen. That could be, because we can't see his head. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll pick up this next one. There's no link, because the thread got taken down, actually. Uh, it's... When you click the link, it says, oops, you don't have sufficient privileges to access this message. But uh, I did capture some text out of it from none other than Tony Gardner, the CEO of uh, iRacing. It was on April 1st, and he said, well, it took over a year of hard work and development, a lot of late nights and millions of dollars, but gotcha, April Fools, we will be shutting dirt down later today. <laughs> That's great. So, 
I guess he took it a little too far. Maybe that's why they took the thread down. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that would be funny, though, wouldn't it? Not for the reward of bot stuff. You lose your money. All right, Brian, what's next? Next is a post in the forums about no tire wear on the late models in dirt. And Steve Reese came back on and said that they do not have tire wear working properly with the dirt surfaces yet, and it is something that they need to work on over the next few months. Yeah, they only got tire heat as of now. At least I think some of the other right rear is heating up quite a bit. Can't really tell. Yeah, they said in all the practices they've, and races, they've only been seeing about 95% of uh, the tire wear on them. So my question when I saw this is, how does the thing drive if there was tire wear? I mean, it's already hard enough to drive. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to do with tire wear on dirt. I, I That's... That's going to be some pretty complicated things to model, I assume. Yeah. Well, we know what they're going to be working on. Uh, next up, Daniel Garrison from iRacing posted up about the uh, the track and basic some details on the starting state of the track as far as dirt tracks go. Um, he says if the session excuse me, if the session uses fixed weather, then the track state will be the same given the same weather parameters. But in the fun series and in most dirt series, I expect realistic weather to be used, which also randomizes the starting track state in several ways. In the case of realistic weather being used, there is a distribution of starting usage percentage, but it is not linear. That means track state is in the moderate usage range, and roughly half of the races will fall in that range, but half should not. It is possible, but very rare, to start a race with a track state below 15% or above 85%. The weather also has an effect if the conditions dictate the track will dry out quickly. More water is put into the track to start with. If conditions dictate the water will not evaporate quickly, less water will be used initially. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. So that gives you a little bit of insight about how the they decide uh, how that surface is going to look when you first enter into a session. A lot more that goes into it than I thought. Yeah. Humidity, temperature, weather. A lot of variables to play with. All right, what's next, Brian? Next is a Twitter post um, by iRacing saying, Stay tuned later tonight for our first ever dirt racing broadcast to feature some of iRacing's top oval drivers. And this was posted on April 1st. The Spring Classic. I forgot who won this. It was a bunch of in uh, peak drivers. There were some dirt drivers in there. Did you guys catch it? I did not. Yeah, it was pretty... Uh... It was pretty interesting. I, I think they had two days of it. I caught, I think, the uh, end of the first day. But, boy, you know what's interesting watching these uh, broadcasted dirt races is it is almost hard to tell this is not real life. I mean, they look so real. Yeah, they, they've done a really, really good job with it. Uh, the other thing I noticed when watching this race was whoever organized this did a great job um, because they had stages and everything. So, well, not like stages like NASCAR, like heat races, like they do in real dirt. They had, I think, they had heat race one, heat race two, and then the main event, right? And so, I think what they did is they just had a really long lapped session with cautions turned off. They put it was a hosted. They put two types of cars on the track, the Dirt Wing Sprint Car 410, and then one person in a NASCAR Craftsman truck, and that truck was the pace truck. And so they had a real pace truck driver that would come out and pick the field up after the first heat, right? And everyone would agree and slow down accordingly, even though there wasn't an iRacing yellow, 
you know, they would stop, you know, when they got to the right lap count number. And, and it worked out really well. So uh, what do you guys think? Is this how they're going to, how we can handle, you know, heat races and stuff? I think they did a really good job trying to figure out, you know, how to put on an event like that with uh, heats and main events. That's really neat. That I can see that working as long as you've got a good group of guys that all agree to it and follow the rules. That That's really, really cool. Yeah, good job to whoever uh, came up with that. I was wondering how they were going to do it. Would they, you know they have to open up a new session every time they, uh, you know, do a heat race, you know, and change servers every time or what? But it it seemed to work out real well. All right, next up was a team called the TBR. Uh, put up a, I'd call it a tribute video of their paint jobs that they put on their, their race cars. And it was kind of a neat looking dirt video. So I thought we'd talk about it a little bit. It's called the TBR is the name of the, their team. But they put together a really slick production with some black and white video and slow motion and overhead shots. And uh, it looks like a TV commercial. Pretty cool. Yeah, that, that's a really well-made video. They, they did a good job with that one. Yeah, paints look pretty good. Uh, speaking of paints, uh, Carlos, you've been working about on paints for dirt. What do you got so far? I don't know. They're both works in progress. Nothing finished, yeah. No, the two that I had for the cars are not quite done. They're just good enough for now. Right. All right, what's next? Next is a post by Steve Myers in the forums. Um, it was yesterday saying the official World of Outlaws Sprint and Late Model series will launch tonight. Uh, we have also redone the rest of the series to better match up the time-wise uh, inside their respective ladders. Basically, they've made it to where you are going to be able to alternate between the 360 and the 410 hour to hour, the same with the Pro and the Late Model. So that way, every hour, there's a race you can do on the same track, but just switch between the two cars. Yeah, I think they had the schedule a little different. It wasn't quite working out that way. And some, and they obviously took some feedback and got it straightened out. So, Yeah, that's nice. It's good when they have it set up like that, where you can jump back and forth. And I'm, I, I like it when they do that. Sometimes with the series that I like to run, you have to pick and choose, and there's a two- or three- or four-hour wait in between them. Right. That always sucks. So, and this is a, a two new se official series that were added just yesterday, too, right? Yep. These just got added. The, uh, the 410 and the Super Late model got their own official series in the B car or in the B license group. Yeah, I think there were two official to start with. Now there's four, and then there's two fun ones. I believe there that every car, the the three late models and the three wing sprint cars, they all have their own respective official series now. If I'm correct, I think the lower ones are in the D or the C or the D, then the middle ones are in the C group, and then the the upper ones are in the B. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up. Earlier this week, Casey Kane Racing and Casey Kane uh, were tweeting out actual pictures of their Dirt Wing Sprint car with the iRacing logos and stuff on it. Uh, paint job was completed. Uh, looked really good. Uh, Steve Myers, uh, just earlier this morning, said he's going to run a screenshot contest to win four passes to this weekend's World of Outlaws Devil Bowl race. Casey Kane is scheduled to race the iRacing Sprint car, if weather permits. And so uh, here's the rules. You need to use Casey Kane's paint scheme in the sim. You need to be able to get yourself to Texas for the actual race, where the race is. Uh, you need to submit the paint scheme on Twitter and, uh, and obviously copy uh, Steve Myers and iRacing, World of Outlaws, and Casey Kane on that Twitter post. 
Uh, tells us the paint scheme is the second template in the iRacing paint kit for the sprint cars. Contest ends on Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern. Thanks and good luck. That'll be cool to see what a bunch of people come up with. Yeah, and they're going to get a you know free race tickets and to go meet Casey Kane. That's pretty darn cool. That's worth putting some time into the paint job. Yes. So, kudos to Steve Myers for thinking that up and getting that done. That's pretty cool. I'd like to see who wins that and see what becomes of it. All right, what's next? Next is a forum post about a known issue with the PS4 controllers that's causing a lot of problems with dirt. The PS4 controller has two analog triggers just like the Xbox controller, but on the PS4 controller, they both act as analog inputs as a button. This confuses our calibration, and we end up treating them both like buttons. Your throttle can be used 100% or off. There's no in-between. This isn't bad on pavement, but it's, um, but it's not that great on dirt. Um, the dirt traction aid is apparently their issues. Yeah, it sounds like they're working on this. But, uh, yeah, for those racing dirt on controllers and you're using a PS4, you might be uh, having problems. That all comes down to a different driver type of... Because, you know, really know a PS4 driver to get things to work. It's what, a Windows, a Windows generic? Or? That's what I'm guessing the problem is. That's what happens with other. If you have PS4, Windows is what it's called, because that's what the controller is, PS4, and yeah, you can tweak everything. I, like me, on a PS3 controller, I change the axes so they're way different and separate from each other, so they don't have some conflicts. And that's why I don't have any. I don't know. The thing is with the Xbox controllers, like they're mentioning in there too, their triggers or whatever are tied together into one axis. You know, going positive or you negative. can't separate them. Well, there's some things you can, but like me, I use a completely PS3 and I can separate everything. I don't know how that, you know, works in my racing built in support. So, so on your controller, you have variable control on gas and throttle where you can yeah, pick. Yeah, everything all tweaked. Perfection. All it's, right. It's a. It's usually a Z axis, is what it's thrown on. You know the triggers. So but, tell me this: if you were driving your controller and the throttle and brake were just on/off switches versus uh, analog, whatever, how would it drive? Would you be able to drive it? Nope. Yeah, that's what I thought. Alright, well I was thinking about you when I put that one up. I didn't know if you were using PS4 or what, but Oh I thought about it. That was a good thing to good thing to see. Alright, next another Twitter post, uh, a video by Steve Myers. He's been real busy. Uh, he put up a little video showing something they're working on uh, in the shop there. And it's the new damage model. And it shows uh, uh, basically a GT3 key, a GT3 car uh, getting wrecked and the hood flying off, the spoiler flying off, the bumper flying off in the air, like literally coming off the car. The spoiler looks so bad though. The animation just breaks off. A nice solid piece. Right. It'd be cool though to have damage like games. It's called Beam and G Drive. There is literal real time damage you would see in a car. And pieces fly out there, you know, everything crushes and like you would expect a real car to do. That'd be cool to have, but that's that's already, you know, a lot. I think it's it's cool that they're working on this and that, you know, pieces are actually coming off the car. Uh, I mean, we've never had that. You know, we've had a damage model, but not a visual damage model, you know, in a way where, 
you can see this or or does it you know does it set us up where we can have debris on the track you know you're going along and you go into the corner and there's a shock laying there on the ground or whatever that's what i was just thinking is there going to be cautions thrown for people losing a hood right debris caution yeah or black flags thrown for people having a loose hood right it's like flapping in the wind or something yeah, imagine that coming up on you in the middle of a freaking corner. This would be no big deal for the VR. I don't know. Well, pretty cool. All right, what's next? Next is an announcement from iRacing on Twitter. Well, the next today, a new Porsche that's coming. It is the Porsche 133. They made this, uh, what was it, on April 1st? Yeah, and notice I saw the date. This, it was it was a pretty funny uh, thing they did here, but um, I believe this was their April Fool's joke they made. Am I the only one who really wants it? I want it to. I think it'd be funny if they actually just put it in there and made it the base car. Have or just have it as tractor races. Be... Tractor races on dirt. <laughs> At a good old it, top it... speed of fifteen miles an hour. So it's a Porsche tractor. And I thought it was in it. When I first watched it, I'm like, oh, God, another freaking GT3 car or whatever. And, you know, it all shows, like, the, the, the curves, you know, all the different, you know. Then they start it up, and it sounds so funky when they start it, you know. It's like cranking over, cranking over, cranking over, and then it finally rumbles to life. And it's a freaking tractor. This is not that one. Some engine 1919. I think this was the year it came out. Some car around that era had one of the biggest engines known to man. Looked like it was only a four cylinder. It was massive about the size of the tractor's front end that you see there. And when they started up, it literally like shook the car to its side. That's how powerful it was, even though it only put out like 200 horses. But, you know, back then. Right, it was a lot for back then. You and you know, when I saw one. this, I was thinking <clears throat> maybe this is something for the future uh, tractor pulls. Oh, yeah, that's something I haven't seen exist. That'd be awesome. Where you're, haul where you're hauling a sled of weight, you know, and the uh, weight moves forward on the sled. You know, you have you ever watched that? Yeah. So, pretty cool. Uh, I, You know, there were people commenting, hey, we really want a tractor, <laughs> you know? All right, next up is some hardware stuff. Vasario, has, which is a cockpit manufacturer. Uh, I think they're based out of Europe, though, yeah. And... Um, they announced a new product called the McLaren Sports Series Simulator. A little ridiculous from what I'm looking at. Yeah, it starts at 24,549 pounds. And that's like dollars, guys, if you don't understand that. Uh, and it goes up to 34,549 pounds for Tier 3. Well, the three was over 40 grand. Right. 40 grand. Okay. It's got the D-Box motion technology. Five speaker system with subwoofer. Fully integrated onboard computer and custom dashboard. Professional pedals. Triple 46 inches uh, for the monitors. Yeah, that right there. You probably save money on that. Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't have to pay for the monitors and the stand at least. I love the triple stand that they have too. It looks really sharp. I mean, I would having them screens and the stands just because why not? Well, in the cockpit, they have it has a neat design to it. You know where the where the wheel sits. But. Boy, if you want something nice and you got the money, check out Vesaro. V-E-S-A-R-O. 
Dot com. They look pretty. Yeah. yeah they, they look amazing. They're definitely uh, some top dollar stuff. Yeah, high-end stuff there. I mean, that's for the rich and famous, I'm sure. None of us are that. All right, what's next? Next is a post by David Tucker in the forums about screen, or, uh, screen capture and video capture built into the sim. Uh, it says you should be able to hit Control-Alt-Shift-V all at the same time to toggle your video capture on and off, and Control-Alt-Shift-S all at the same time to capture a screenshot. It's enough keys. <laughs> I had toggled these to simple ones like V and S just uh-huh. so I could do it quickly. Um, but I have tried to take screenshots uh, recently, well, at the beginning of the NIS season, and I couldn't get them to save. I just use comes with NVIDIA. Yeah, I was wondering if you guys use this. Uh, it seems, seems kind of straightforward, but I don't think people are using this. For me, I use or whatever it's called. Take a screenshot. All it is is F1 Alt or Alt F1, and there you go. Page it to wherever you're seeing video folders. No, that I set up. But I don't know. I never really. Yeah, I think the problem with it is, it, especially if you have triples, is everything is on the triples, right? So you got these really long, weird videos that are really wide, you know. Or, you know, screenshots that are super wide and they're going to have to be cropped. So I think, like, when I take a screenshot, I use the, you know, built into Windows the, called the snipping tool. So if you're on Windows, you just click the start button and type snipping tool and it'll come up. And, and that's a great thing for taking screenshots because you just really just drag around the car you're trying to take a screenshot of and make a box around it, you know, however big you want it. And it you know, and then you can save it, email it, whatever. But, uh, yeah, I thought I'd put this up. We talked about this once before, but I think people might have forgotten about it. So what is it? It's Control-Alt-Shift-V or Control-Alt-Shift-S. All right, that was the final topic. Uh, I did want to state again... Uh, iRacers Lounge is on Google Play now, and you can get all of the uh, podcasts uh, right there on Google Play if you're an Android person, so check that out. Uh, let's go into final thoughts. Uh, Brian, what do you got? Uh, wish we had another week at Martinsville. Um, had a good week there. Um, would have liked to have raced more, but didn't get the chances. Um, Looking forward to going to Texas. I think we'll have some fun there. I've had some luck at the mile and a half cookie cutters, so looking to keep the top five streaks going again. Yeah, and now that you've won, let's just keep that rolling, you know? You got your momentum. Yeah, I had that one bad week at Auto Club where I didn't have that top five finish, but I'm back in it again. I'm looking to keep it going. Yeah, don't forget there's drop weeks at the end of the the deal, so... All right, Carlos, what do you got? Final thought. Final thought? But... Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't got nothing. All right. Uh, my, thought, my final thought is uh, love and dirt. You know, I think going into dirt, you know, from the last podcast, you know, I wasn't sure, you know, is it going to replace NASCAR because it's so cool? You know, am I going to be doing dirt and saying, forget NASCAR? And, or am I, is it just going to be something fun to do in my spare time? Or what is dirt going to be to me? You know, and I think I've got the answer, you know, seven days later. I think the answer is, you know, it's fun. It's, it's a fun thing to do. It's not going to replace NASCAR. I'm still an oval driver on pavement at heart. That's where my heart is, and I'm going to keep doing that. And dirt really doesn't change that. But in my spare time, I'm probably going to be running some dirt, you know, and I'm not really competitive yet. Uh, I think I can get there. Uh, I've been picking up speed over the last seven days. Each time I get out in that street stock on USA Dirt, 
and I'm getting close. You know, I'm about three or four tenths off the fast speeds, uh, but that's pretty darn close from where I was uh, seven days ago. So just continuing to hope to pick that up. Uh, probably going to host a, a dirt session later tonight. I've, I've, I was a little dismayed that I'm having trouble finding a place to race on dirt because I only want to race the street stock at USA. And the only option is official. There is no fun series for that particular combination. And I don't want to lose my I rating, so I'm not going to do that anymore. Uh, I don't really just want to jump into a practice. I want to be able to race too. So I've done some hosted stuff uh, when it's a, when people put it up. But it seems like the last couple of days, not a lot of people are putting up hosted with that combination. I actually put one up two nights ago and had a really good race with like 21 people who showed up. So I'll probably do that again tonight. I uh, got some credits just for doing some hosted racing for that reason. So uh, I haven't done that in a very long time. So kind of excited to mix it up a little bit. So Texas, uh, looking forward to that. I think, well, I'm kind of hesitant about Texas. I'm not really fast there, but uh, we'll see. I think, you know, we have attrition there usually. And if you can stay on the lead lap, you can usually get a decent finish. So. That's my outlook uh, for this week, and um, we'll see you guys next time. Later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us at our YouTube channel at iRacers Lounge. Follow on Twitter and Facebook at iRacers Lounge and SoundCloud at iRacers Lounge. See you on the track.